0: It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights post game show. Now, here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights radio network.
1: Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights post game show. The Golden Knights fall 5 to 3 to the Minnesota Wilds. Vegas 31, 16 and 6, 68 points on the year. Next in action, Saturday, 7 o'clock, against the Carolina Hurricanes here inside T Mobile Arena. To help us break this one down, we go up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. Dan, we'll get to the game in a minute. Well, let's start off with, obviously, the man of the night, and that's Alex Petrangelo. 1,000 career NHL games for Petrangelo. What stands out to you about Alex the person and then Alex the hockey player?
2: I would say what jumps to mind first, Ryan, about Alex Petrangelo would be the value he has and expresses about his family Mm -hmm. and That is not to say that he loves his family more than the next guy, but he makes a a point of referring to them as often as anybody you'll come across who plays pro sports. They are visible at games and practices and, of course, the ceremony today. And we uh, can't talk about Alex's family without thinking about um, how his daughter had a very serious medical challenge last year metrangelo spent time away from the team and said flat out had uh, things not improved he would have walked away from the game with no regrets and he did return and um, thank goodness evelyn's uh, really progressed and um, they of course were all here all four kids plus alex's wife and parents Um, so all of those things um you know really are part of any person's dna but um it seems to me that, you know, as uh, so many others have pointed out, just a consummate family man. And that then extends to his hockey family, the way that he interacts with his teammates, coaches, uh, and you know, even folks like us, Ryan, the, the mm-hmm. folks who cover the team. He's always professional, cordial, insightful. And then Bruce Cassidy told us on uh, the pregame show earlier, you don't always see some of the behind-the-scenes interactions Petrangelo has with his teammates, but if there's a younger player who's having a tough game or a tough stretch, it'll be Alex who will go over and help that younger player through it. You know, the back-and-forth that he has with Alec Martinez, the two elder statesmen on the team, the relationship they've built having gone against one another on separate teams and now together here for a few years. Those are all the things that come to mind first. And on the hockey side, He's simply among the most complete all-around defensemen I've seen in my years of broadcasting at this level, and I uh, would be hard-pressed to put someone in the same category. Of course, there are Norris winners. Uh, There are defensemen who put up more points or more flashy, but do those players have the same defensive strengths that Petrangelo does? No. Are there players who are as strong as Alex defensively maybe but do they have the offensive skills that he has Uh, I don't think of anybody (laughs) so (laughs) he's he's just um, not only a workhorse but to some degree to some degree Ryan maybe Mm -hmm. also a unicorn
1: yeah I (laughs) I've used the word unicorn to describe him as well and you know there's he just he doesn't he does everything so well and and to your point there's the defensive side of the puck, which he does exceptionally well. There's the offensive side of the puck, uh, which, you know, he you see it tonight, right? He's got two assists, jumps into a play, makes something happen early on on the first shift of the game. Like, there is a command over this game that Alex Petrangelo has that it, it, you're hard-pressed to find from other defensemen.
2: He's 34 years old, but he's had this reputation for as long as I can remember. And he's been, you know, playing pro hockey as long as I've been broadcasting pro hockey and it really is boiled down to three words i asked bruce cassidy the first words out of his mouth about petrangelo were complete hockey player i mean that i mean it's it's as simple as that you know if you can you know think of all the guys in the national hockey league you know who is a more complete player than alex petrangelo there are guys maybe with more skill might make more highlight reels i don't know but uh, complete hockey player is alex petrangelo yet he you know always tell you that he's trying to improve and get better um he's won two championships captain of one of them alternate captain here and mm-hmm. uh, just a great leader and uh, yeah I, I think that bruce cassidy said it quite well just a complete hockey player all right so
1: let's kind of dig into this game a little bit i it, it felt Weird in that, you know, first six and a half minutes the Golden Knights, they score early. Minnesota doesn't really have much going on five on five. And then it's the parade of the penalty box. It really felt like the penalties in the first period halted any momentum the Golden Knights built.
2: Yeah, it's a little tricky. I mean, Sheldon Remple takes that first penalty. Tough mm-hmm. for Sheldon. I mean, he has not been practicing with the team, had been sent back to the American League. So he takes the penalty. Then you've got too many men on the ice during the kill. That doesn't happen often. And then in the midst of the five-on-three, McNabb takes a roughing minor. Now, Some of that, is, okay, well, McNabb doesn't usually take penalties. And mm. Secondly, you've got oftentimes a lot of shoving and whatnot in front of the net that doesn't get called. It was penalty-worthy, but, you know, uh, it just, you know, that, you know, other little things throughout the game, it, it just sort of all hit at once there with the Knights in control. And then, you know, later on, with the two quick goals, Rossi and Boldy, the Knights, including Aiden Hill, were just not sharp. And I wonder, you know, Gary pointed it out, and I asked Bruce Cassidy about it on the pregame show. It's kind of weird because the Knights are in this weird part of the schedule where they play three games in 20 days. Yeah. They had the nine-day break, back for Edmonton, and they were terrific. Had a day off, played in Arizona. But then they didn't have a game for three days. And they played today. And they're going to have four more days before they play Carolina on Saturday. They have practiced, right? They have been on the ice uh, the last couple of days for full practices, morning skate today, which was an optional. But, you know, it's hard to say if it affects one guy or another or not, or maybe it's just uh, Minnesota forcing the issue. But there were just some moments where they did not have uh, the sharpness and the intensity that we saw last time they were in this building against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Oftentimes when the Knights have been... Uh, slightly under par aiden hill has bailed them out um, today especially that fourth goal was one that uh, is not a good goal and uh, you know aiden is uh has only lost three games in regulation all year <laughs> 20 starts so uh and and only the, the first time in 10 games that he's given up more than three so it to me is uh, one of the the games where have they been sharper like this game was in the offing it was there for the taking yeah they just didn't uh, they didn't take it yeah that's that's about that's about it that, that sums it up uh, well any final thoughts
1: on this one dan before we turn our attention to saturday night and the carolina hurricanes
2: yeah you know you, with the uh, the players who are out today in both paul cotter with an illness first game he has missed this year logan thompson with the same illness So Yuri Patera was the backup. You're looking at Carolina on Saturday and then Monday, Tuesday, San Jose, Nashville. So you figure, you know, they're going to have to make a couple of goaltending decisions there. When does Aiden start? When does Logan start? Logan has not played a game since the All-Star break. Last time we saw him, of course, was in Detroit back on Saturday, January 27th. And then if Paul Cotter is feeling well enough, you would figure by Saturday Mm -hmm. that uh, everybody would be, uh, the bug would be out of the system, so to speak. Um, And then uh, how do you handle that? I thought Michael Amadio was terrific today. and scored a goal, of course, on the power play. So how do you handle uh, who goes where? Do you just stick Paul Cotter where he was with Stevenson and Stone and move Amadio back with Carlson and Brisson? And then you also know that Shea Theodore, has been practicing with the team. He is closer and closer. Yeah. And we don't know if Saturday could be Shea's return, but it's it's coming at some point. And then we also saw Pavel Dorofiev and Jack Eichel skate before the team skated today. So, um, you know, as <laughs> because you have four days in between games, the, the available players on Saturday could be significantly different than the available players today. All right, great
1: stuff as always, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat on Saturday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That's the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-3 loss to the Minnesota Wild. We're back with more on the postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: Since Aiden's return, has there been a rotation set in advance like earlier in the season, or is the goalie rotation kind of night by night right now?
3: Um, I don't want to get into whose start it was. Logan's not available, so it's hypothetical. He didn't practice for the last two days, so obviously wasn't even here in the building. we go through the whole month, Berkey and I, so we have a rotation in mind. Um, we usually tell the goalies not the whole month, but the, they'll know. I don't know, I don't want to speak for Sean because he's the one that tells them, so he'll tell them. They'll certainly know during the week what, what day they're scheduled to play. So right now we're not going to worry about Saturday because it's so far away and Logan's got to get on the ice before he can get back in the net. Oh, Ken and
1: Chris. Ken Mulkey's in nat Nut Vegas. What did you not like about kind of their early play in the third period that gave up the two goals?
3: Uh, it was probably more middle, right? So, I mean, the the first one, we you know, we, we turned the puck over in the wall in the breakout uh, against their best line. We'd done that earlier in the game and survived it. Um, and then the last goal, I don't know if Aiden couldn't pick it up, but by the time he went to play at Bold, he's almost in his crease, right? Knocks it loose. So that, I'm sure if he had to do it over again, he would be more aggressive than that one. So that one is just one of those fortunate goals for them. We had one like that in the first goal. Let's face it, it was a lucky goal. So each team benefited from that. It was just bad timing, that one. Uh, the previous one, we had good breakout. It looked like a good breakout, but we forced a play into the middle of the ice. And uh, all of a sudden, now we're in scramble mode to recover. Um, and then I'm not sure. I think maybe Aiden felt he had the puck in him. Uh, but he made the good stop, so that that's on us to you know, manage pucks. That listen, we didn't manage pucks very well most of the night. Um, when you do that, you got to outscore those mistakes, and we got three, but you know we didn't outscore them. Same with early in the game, I thought we mismanaged pucks between the blue as well. After the first five minutes, I liked our start. Even though we got a lucky goal, we had some Carly's lines in there, a couple chances. We I thought we were going to be okay in terms of our. Energy level. You know, we've had guys in and out. We've had a room full of sick. I want to say room full. I'm not making excuses, but I was concerned today about our energy. How would our energy level be because of that? It started out well, and then, you know, some of the guys we rely on didn't quite have it tonight either. So now you're pushing. the guys that are going to get you back in or maybe not. Didn't feel like they were 100%. Like Nick Waugh's line, they've been so good lately. I didn't feel they were on top of their game tonight. Um, probably showed in the end. Um, so that, that's what I saw with our with our team. And again, it's puck management for me. I think when we get into trouble, that's where things usually unravel for us. And I would say that was probably the case tonight.
4: Hey, Bruce. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You... You go through that first period and you have the three penalties. You're at five on three for a pretty decent portion of that first period. And then Carlson stick breaks and it's almost like the floodgates open. They get those two goals in the power play, But you get the one back. So how frustrating is it to give up those two goals and then they get one back and then end up not winning the game?
3: Well, usually when you give up two on the power play, you're going to have a tough time winning. And we did overcome it. And those were, I mean... Five on threes are tough to kill for extended periods, right? Now, now it's a five on two when a guy breaks a stick, because that, that's tough luck for Carly. Did it uh, doing the right thing, blocking a shot? So, but obviously we took a too many men on the ice, which is really inexcusable there, right? Like that's that's one that we have to be sharper on the bench. That starts with me, but the players as well, who they're changing for, um, undisciplined one in front of the net. First penalty was marginal, I thought. Um, they called it not the end of the world. It's the other two that got us in trouble. So, but we got to two-two. Let's face it. You know, we we got a new game going into the second period, and and um, I thought we we're going to be okay coming out of the third. Be perfectly honest. Those the, usually when we're a good team, where we we know how to play winning hockey. I think this time of year, that'd be the biggest disappointment coming out of this game is third period in our building, a tie game. We basically, I don't want to say self-destruct because that's a little strong, but. The goals they got, we mismanage a breakout and then the, the high flip one, like they're, they're, they didn't really, I don't know if they really earned them, I think they were gifts to be honest.
0: Thanks Bruce, thanks Thank for everyone. <clears throat> We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. If
1: you're headed to the Golden Knights Carolina Hurricanes game this Saturday, February 17th, be aware of some significant traffic issues presented by closures of both I-15 and Tropicana Avenue near T-Mobile Arena. Plan ahead, explore alternate routes, and arrive early and stay late for this game. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-3 to the Minnesota Wild. Vegas 31, 16, and 6. 68 points on the year next in action Saturday 7 o'clock against the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, arrive early, stay late, alternate routes, mind the traffic, all of that stuff in effect for the Golden Knights, Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday. Postgame injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. As you heard in that crosstalk with Dan Duva, Shea Theodore practicing red non-contact jersey. We'll see if Shea, over the next couple of days, is able to push closer and closer to a return, whether or not that may be on Saturday. As you know, we also talked about, Pavel Dorfeev, Jack Eichel, both skated earlier today ahead of the team optional morning skate. So that's good news on the injury front. It does feel like the Golden Knights are getting closer. Paul Cotter missed tonight's game due to an illness. Logan Thompson also missed tonight's game, unavailable tonight because of an illness. So those are, you know, things to kind of keep in mind for the Golden Knights. It looks like they're pushing and pushing toward better health, but we'll see if, you know, some more reinforcements come for the Golden Knights uh, in in the, you know, in the form of Shea Theodore, so to speak, on Saturday. So something to keep an eye on if you're a Golden Knights fan. Let's take a look at the highlights in this game. Go back to the first period, and once again, the Golden Knights jumped out to an early lead as Jonathan Marchessault threw a puck to the net that bounced off Brock Faber and in.
2: Centering pass blocked. It goes in the air. Oh, it's a flex into the goal! Barbashev out of the corner. A weird bounce, and the Knights take a one nothing lead.
1: 27th goal of the year for Jonathan Marchessault. The assist to Nick Waugh and Alex Petrangelo. Just 22 seconds into the game, makes it one to nothing Vegas. But the Golden Knights ran into penalty trouble midway through the period, and the Wild made them pay as Matt
2: Zuccarello tied the game with a power play goal. Out in front, through the blue ice and wide. Down in the right corner, Minnesota still with possession. In front, Zuccarello scores. And it comes with three seconds left on the first penalty, so it will still be a power play for another minute 21. Ninth goal of
1: the year for Mats Zuccarello, a power play goal from Kirill Kaprizov and Ryan Hartman. 10:48 of the first period tied the game at one. The Wild would stay on the man advantage, and Joel Erickson-Eck tipped in a goal just after the power play expired to give the Wild the
2: lead. Par boards with eight seconds on the power play for Minnesota from the left half wall. Challenge on the far side, now in the middle of drive wide. Rebound comes in front, score! Tipped home by Erickson-Eck just as the penalty time was running off. 2-1 Wild with 7.50 to go in the first period. Joel Eriksson
1: his 22nd goal of the year from Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov, 12.09 in the first period, made it 2-1 Minnesota. However, the Golden Knights would get their look on the power play late in the first period, and Michael Amadio tied the game with his seventh goal of the year.
2: On the right, Amadio, to the circle walk, up top Petrangelo, left for Brisson, Petrangelo in the middle, to the right, Amadio shoots scores.
5: Michael Amadio and the Knights tie it 2-2 with a power play goal.
1: Power play goal for Michael Amadio from Alex Petrangelo and Brendan Brisson, 17:45 of the first period tied the game at 2. The game would remain tied 2-2 after two periods of play, so we picked things up in the third period, and after Jonathan Marcheseau missed a wide-open net on the power play early in the third, the Wild broke the tie as Marco Rossi picked up a rebound and beat Aiden
2: Hill. Minnesota gets the puck on the right-wing side. Rossi to the middle. It's Boldy shooting. And a save. Loose puck down low. They score. Hill made the save, but he could not secure the puck. Marco Rossi with his 14th goal, 3-2 Minnesota, 13-32 to go in the third period. 14th goal
1: of the year for Marco Rossi, for Matt Boldy and Brock Faber, 6-28 of the third period, made it 3-2 Minnesota. And the Wild extended their lead one minute later when Matt Boldy banked the puck off Aiden Hill and in. Deflected puck
2: bounces toward the goal and it is lost and now deflected in. Minnesota has scored, Boldy from the deep right side. Once again, it looked like Hill had a save, which he did, but could not secure the puck.
1: 18th goal of the year for Matt Boldy from Ryan Hartman and Brock Faber. 7.29 in the third period, made it 4-2 Minnesota. The Golden Knights did get one back as Mark Stone skated down the wing and unleashed a slapper for his 16th of the year. Right wing
2: shot, score! (laughs) Mark Stone from the right side, cranks one. And Vegas is back within a goal.
1: 10.20 to go third period. Mark Stone from Chandler Stevenson and Zach Whitecloud at 9.40 of the third period made it 4-3 Minnesota. The Golden Knights back to within one. The Vegas Golden Knights would then pull Aiden Hill late in the third period looking for the equalizer, but the Wild iced the game with an empty net goal from Joel Eriksonek.
2: 30 seconds to go. Petranslo knocked over. Puck picked up by Minnesota. Erickson Eck fakes around here. Manoff takes it right to the goal for the empty netter. 5-3 Wild with 21 seconds to go. Empty
1: net goal for Erickson Eck, unassisted. 19-38 of the third period, made it 5-3 Minnesota. And all that was left in this game was the final call.
2: As the puck comes out of the night zone, all the way back it goes. And John Merrill will track it, the former goal tonight. With the clock expiring, it's all over. Minnesota 5. And Vegas,
1: 3. 5-3, to three, the final. The Minnesota Wild defeat the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas now 31-16 and 6 on the year. 68 points next in action Saturday, 7 o'clock against the Carolina Hurricanes. All is not lost, however. The Golden Knights did score in the first period tonight, so make sure you have the McDonald's app downloaded to redeem your free French fries of any size at your local McDonald's tomorrow. We're back with more on the VGK Postgame Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Postgame Show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Welcome back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show. The Golden Knights fall 5-3 to
1: to the Minnesota Wilds. Vegas 31-16 and 6. 68 points on the year next in action Saturday 7 o'clock against the Carolina Hurricanes. Alex Petrangelo suits up in his 1,000th NHL game. It started off really well for Petrangelo. He had two assists in the first period. I, I thought he was fantastic all night long. And, you know, it, it was an interesting game in that I love the way the Golden Knights started. Kind of echoing the commentary from bruce cassidy first five and a half six minutes of the game it's all vegas they settled in pretty good just in terms of dialing up the pressure Forecheck check was there and then you hit that first tv timeout and for whatever reason like the minnesota wild they kind of found something not a lot five on five obviously the the penalty issues for the vegas golden knights fed into minnesota's game and and kind of allowed them to find something. And then you kinda of heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it, right? Like it's a two two game in the third period. And it feels like when you go back and you look at those two goals in quick succession from the Minnesota Wild. Puck mismanagement, lost you know, lost board battle leads to the third goal and then, you know, just kind of on un- unaware of of where the coverage is coming from on that fourth goal. Rare misplay by Aiden Hill, like it feels like the Golden Knights beat themselves tonight. And that was an area of emphasis for for Bruce Cassidy in the final 32 games of the year coming off of the bye week and the All-Star break. This is the time of year where you can't beat yourself. And I think that's going to be the thing that bothers the Golden Knights most out of this game tonight. We're back to wrap it up next on the VGK Post Game Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. We're
1: wrapping it up here on the VHK postgame show, the Golden Knights fall 5-3 to, to the Minnesota Wilds. Next in action, Saturday, 7 o'clock against the Carolina Hurricanes. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. For the Golden Knights, started off well. John of the Marshes, so scores just 22 seconds into the game, and then the Golden Knights get into penalty trouble. Extended 5-on-3 for the Minnesota Wild. William Carlson's stick breaks. And then the Wild, really quick succession. Two goals turn a 1-0 deficit into a 2-1 lead. Michael Amadio gets one back on the power play late in the first period. And it's a brand-new game. Tied after two periods. And you go to the third period. Great opportunity for the Golden Knights on the power play. John of the March is so wide-open net. Just unable to find the, the, the back of the net in that spot. And then you get two quick goals again from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, you lose a, a board battle. It ends up in the back of your net on a rebound, and then you look at you know that that last goal for the Minnesota Wild, not counting the five the, the empty netter. It's just one of those plays where uh, it's a rare miscue from Aiden Hill. It ends up in the back of your net, and that ends up being the game-winning goal. So for the Golden Knights, a couple of days of practice, and then you're back at it again Saturday. 7 o'clock here inside T-Mobile Arena against the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Postgame Show. Extended Postgame Show is next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Postgame Show, where the station's staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night, and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
3: It's the extended
0: Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now, here's your host,
1: Ryan Wallace. A extended post game show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-3 the final, the Golden Knights. Fall to the Minnesota Wild. Vegas, 31-16-6, 68 points on the year. Next in action, Saturday, 7 o'clock against Carolina Hurricanes. 702-876-1340, that's the number. 702-876-1340. Bruce Cassidy, his commentary after the game, it's pretty telling. Frustration for sure from head coach Bruce Cassidy. He felt like you look at that third period for the Golden Knights, it's right there. Game's in the balance. Just got to go out and win it, right? Go out and take it. And, you know, the Golden Knights of of late have done a really good job of doing that. In moments where they've needed to kind of take over a game, they have done so. But it feels tonight like the Golden Knights beat themselves. I, I tend to agree with Bruce Cassidy in that assessment, right? Like, I think for Vegas, it was a scenario where you can't give away anything for free. And you just, you look at those two goals in the third period by the Minnesota Wild. Turn the puck over just inside the blue line in your own zone. It ends up in the back of your net. You don't box out in front. You know, and then it's just a, a misplay by Aiden Hill. So, uh, by and large, doesn't feel like the Minnesota Wild went out and took it. It feels like the Golden Knights gave it away. And I think that's the thing that's going to sting the most for the Golden Knights as they dissect this one. 702-876-1340. We have lines open right now. So, if you have been of the mind that this show needs more opinions... It's on you to pick up the phone call right now. 702-876-1340. Alex Petrangelo, his 1,000th NHL game. Thought he was great early. Thought he was really good throughout the, the majority of the game. Kind of stings, obviously, that he's not able to pick up a win on a milestone night for him. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike. How you doing?
6: Well, okay, I guess. I um... A complete personality change by the coach between noon and and now, and rightfully so. He was so jovial and upbeat at noon, but not so much this evening. Uh, and and it starts with a meltdown by anybody and everybody with three penalties in what one minute, minute and a half. That's insane, and it should never be done again. I hope.
3: I don't, it,
1: it'll happen again. I guarantee It you will it'll happen. happen. Yeah. You, Yes, there will be there will be another stretch of like two and a half three minutes where you get three penalties called on you. Like it'll absolutely happen again.
6: I don't. I hope I don't see it. But yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and, and Minnesota is just a killer. Remember, in his first, second, and third years, we could not beat the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. So whatever the reason why it was and why it was tonight, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really you've got to focus on Alex Vitrangelo who is the heart and soul and and certainly of the defense if not the whole team. Uh if people remember back on getting Alex Vitrangelo in the fold. I was thinking about it earlier today. You know, Mark Stone's a trade, Jack Eichel's a trade. Mm-hmm. Kelly McCrimmon has gone big game hunting, like I like to call it, maybe three times. I call it three times in the history of his tenure. And that third time was a free agent signing. It was not a trade. And if you recall, and I know you do, they, the Blues desperately wanted to keep Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. They did everything they could to keep Petrangelo. They knew that they would probably not win again without him. And Kelly waved whatever he waved under his nose, be it term or be it money, whatever it was. And Mm -hmm. the beauty of living in Las Vegas, I'm sure, played a part. And we got Alex. And from that point on, it, it has all melded together. Obviously, Eichel was the final piece of the puzzle. And I'm just so grateful that we're going to have Alex Petrangelo until probably the end of his career. I, I, I just wanted to say that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for always listening and uh, for offering commentary.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Mike, for the call, and, and I appreciate it. Um, You know, I, I, think, I think the opportunity was there for the Blues to re-sign Alex Petrangelo. I think that, you know, they just couldn't find... A contract that worked for them and i'm not sure if it was money or term or protection in in the form of no trade clause whatever it might have been no movement clause uh, which petrangelo has here with the vegas golden knights but for whatever reason it didn't work out in terms of re-signing him in st louis but it has been every bit what you hoped it would be for the vegas golden knights and he's beloved by two fr- two fan bases He's forever going to be one of the most important St. Louis Blues to ever play for that franchise. And I'd make the argument that right now he's one of the most important Vegas Golden Knights to ever play for this franchise. Uh, He's he's so good. And again, he was great tonight, unable to come up with the win, but it wasn't for lack of trying, especially from Alex Petrangelo. Let's go back out to the phone lines. 702-876-1340, that's the number. We got Harold. Hey, Harold, how you doing?
4: Pretty good. Just driving back from the arena, I'm a second-time caller. I called you a while ago regarding your buddy who worked at Disneyland, but unfortunately I got cut off at the end. Oh, nice. But uh, (laughs) the reason I'm calling is I I wonder if you think I'm a little superstitious. Hmm. But um, I was um, driving uh, home uh, from a visit, uh, and I was listening to the 70s on 7. I'm a bit older, so that's one of my favorite channels. And the uh, DJ was doing her last song of the afternoon. This was before the Edmonton game. Mm-hmm. And guess what song she played? She played ABBA's um, Dancing Queen. Sure, yeah. So I, I thought that might be a sign that uh, number 71 was going to be back.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I, I think, do they not play that occasionally when he scores? They or, p-
1: yeah, every time he scores at home, you'll, you'll hear yeah. Dancing Queen. Yep,
4: Good. So, anyway, um, he was dressed, first came back, and he scored, I guess, it was an empty netter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know, am I as superstitious as some of the goalies, or is it just coincidence? <laughs>
1: um, uh, I I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's superstition. Like, if the first thing that you yeah. thought going into that game was William Carlson's back and he's going to score, back. because well, I heard yeah, dancing queen.
4: That's, that, that's what the... And I think she's a bit of an Edmonton fan, from what I can tell on her uh, Facebook thing. She has a picture with one of those uh, kids that are. Um, I-, I think he's uh, under. Well, no, he has a medical condition, so a uh, bit of a fan. I she went on a me- uh, vacation to Mexico. I guess it's pretty cold up in Edmonton right now. But mm-hmm. uh, I tried to uh, send her a message that perhaps she shouldn't uh, play that when they're playing our team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But anyway, I thought that was kind of a bit of a funny story, so maybe uh, you can enjoy that one.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate it, Harold. Thank you for the call. Um, Superstition's always an interesting one for me. I I used to be a very superstitious person. Um, I'm not anymore. Uh, The one thing I will say, though, and this is going to ruffle some feathers, maybe more than a a slap shot into an empty net. Superstition, like, do your thing. Like, I'm all for it. Jinxes aren't real, though. Just want to, like, put that out there. Jinxes aren't real. If you disagree, I'm daring you to call right now. 702 876 1340. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm good.
5: Okay. How are you doing,
1: Ryan? I'm good. So,
6: I mean, unfortunate the results of the game because you could see that the, the team was trying really hard, and I think they definitely really wanted to win that for Petrangelo. Um, but some things are more important than the result of one game, and I just loved the, the ceremony that they put on for Petrangelo. Um, and my favorite part was uh, his boys skating out with him. Like, what a great moment and memory for the Petrangelo family. Um, so happy that his daughter is, you know, recovered and here with us and that he got to be there for that. And that he was able to get that awesome uh for a thousand
1: games played as a Golden Knight. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome, Stephanie. Thanks so much for the call. Like the fact that his boys were able to skate out with him, right? Like that—that's just—it's just cool. Like you're always going to have that memory, and I, I think that you know, as as Dan Duva said after the game, the thing that stands out the most about Alex Petrangelo is how highly he regards his family and his family time. Like outside of hockey. Right? Like Petrangelo comes to work every day, he plays hockey, he loves this game. Doesn't hold a candle to his family. And you know, you're around people that kind of have that at times and it's refreshing. It it really is. It 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 means something. And you know, to that end, couldn't be more happy for Alex Petrangelo. Couldn't be more happy for his family to be a part of that ceremony, to be on the ice with him, it's awesome. And, you know, you're right. Like, the result of the game, it is what it is. Dissecting it, getting into it, it's part of what we do here. But no matter what, could have been 7-0 Minnesota tonight. You don't necessarily take the onus off of or the attention away from Alex Petrangelo suiting up in 1,000 games. It is not an easy thing to do. To play a 1,000 games in this league. To be that good for that long and an impact player the way that Petrangelo is night in and night out, he's not slowing down anytime soon. So right on the money there, Stephanie. Thanks for the call uh, and kind of recentering everybody on the the important aspect of tonight. Yeah, two points, sure, whatever. Alex Petrangelo's night. It belongs at the front of everybody's mind. And I thought he played a heck of a game. Wasn't for lack of trying. Again, Petrangelo I thought was phenomenal. 702-876-1340, that's the number if you'd like to give us a call. We'll hear from you on the other side of the break. It's the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
0: to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-3
1: the final, the Golden Knights fall to the Minnesota Wilds. Vegas 31, 16, and 668 points on the year. Next in action Saturday, puck drops at 730 against Carolina Hurricanes. There's going to be traffic that day. So I'm giving you an extra half hour. I've been saying 7 o'clock so that you get down here earlier. Puck drops actually at 7.30 against Carolina Hurricanes. 702-876-1340, that's the number. 702-876-1340. I've been hearing for weeks about how you want more calls on the show. Now's your chance. Lines are wide open. Wide open. Vegas Golden Knights... It's one of those games where, you know, again, you look at it and on the surface there were moments certainly for the Golden Knights where they could have taken this game over. Offensively, especially when you score early, it just kind of feels like things are going to move in the right direction. I don't think Philip Gustafson played particularly well today for the Minnesota Wild, and it just didn't feel like the Golden Knights did enough to test him, right? Like you look at the goals that he gave up he just never really settled in and felt, com- and felt like he was comfortable in the game. So from that aspect, like it's, it's a bit disappointing that the Golden Knights weren't able to test him a little bit more, kind of force the issue offensively. You know, and then Bruce Cassidy talked about mismanaging pucks. It's not just about the turnover numbers. Like You go to the box score, you look at the turnovers. Like Vegas charged with just four giveaways. Generally speaking, over a sixty minute game, like you'll take that all day long, but there just there were plays where the Golden Knights just were not as crisp, not as sharp as we're used to seeing them be. And it cost them tonight. There's no other way to kind of look at it, right? You know, Bruce Cassidy had mentioned over the course of this stretch, you cannot beat yourself, and it feels like tonight the Golden Knights did just that. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Chris. Hey Chris, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you.
5: Boy, what a weird night in the arena. I mean, it was a fantastic emotional start mm-hmm. with Petro. and uh, But, you know, yes, we had the fluke goal for Marshy and went five shots to zero and thought, boy, we're going to dominate this game. Mm-hmm. We give up the next 15 shots in a row without even getting a single shot. We have those power plays. And, you know, the passing was not tape to tape tonight. Yeah. There was a lot of a lot of missed stuff. You know, Butch talked about it in, in the blue line, between the blue lines, just was not sharp. And, and I don't know how much of that was the emotion of the night. I don't know how much of that is. Is there a bug perhaps going through the, the locker room? Cassidy mm-hmm. talked about, you know, I don't want to blame it on illness, but but clearly there's a lot of, missing and new faces and uh uh, it it was disappointing but we're certainly not a team at full strength
1: yeah you, you know chris you're you're right there it's it's not been a team at full strength for a while now from an injury perspective it feels like it's getting closer and and closer to what you'd expect from the golden knights like it seems to be that relief is is on the way william carlson coming back into the lineup the last couple of games that's big Shea Theodore practicing, red non-contact, but he's getting closer. Jack Eichel's been on the ice. He's getting closer. But, you know, there is a bug kind of going through right now. Paul Cotter unavailable tonight because of illness. Logan Thompson unavailable tonight because of illness. So, you know, I I think it's probably a double-edged sword. I I think that, you know, that plays a part in it. But I also think that you have one of those things where uh, you know how important a night it is for Alex Petrangelo. You've got a lot of that adrenaline, a lot of that that energy pent up and, and ready to go. And, you know, the Golden Knights came out, did really well through the first five minutes. And then it just kind of fell apart. And, you know, I, I give them credit for kind of getting the game back. But you wanted to see something a little bit more in the third period, and it just wasn't there.
5: I I completely agree. And, and we've been relying upon uh, on Aiden Everest game after game. Mm. But, you know, he he's due to... Perhaps have one, or maybe he lets in one softie or two softies. And and, and I don't think we saw him at his best tonight, but I think there were a lot of guys that were not at their best tonight.
1: Yeah, that's fair, Chris. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Please make sure to call in. Again, great stuff from you. Yeah, I mean, Aiden Hill has been really good this season. Just three regulation losses for Aiden so far. But this was a game where you know the level that Aiden Hill has been playing at you come to expect that night in and night out because he's been so consistently good all season long that when you have a game where he's not at his best, you need other guys, you need the rest of the team to kind of pick him up in those moments. And, you know, Mark Stone coming down the slap shot goal, like I thought in that moment Vegas was going to find a way. I really did. But it just wasn't enough volume, not enough chances, and they didn't test Gustafson enough in those moments where I felt like he was shaky, and that ultimately undoes the Golden Knights in this game tonight. We're back with more on the Extended Post Game Show on Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
0: Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended
1: postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wrapping it up here, final five to three in favor of the Minnesota Wild. Vegas 31, 16, and 668 points on the year. Next in action, Saturday, 7:30 against the Carolina Hurricanes. You look at tonight, it's it's all about Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, the result's not what you want if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. But Alex Petrangelo suits up in his 1,000th NHL game. One of the most beloved players for the St. Louis Blues organization. One of the most important players inside that Blues organization. Delivers a Stanley Cup to St. Louis. And then he's able to pivot from St. Louis, land in Vegas, and do exactly the same thing here. It's remarkable. It's special. It's not often that you get to 1,000 games and you do it with two different teams, and the impact that you have as a player is similar in both instances. To deliver a Stanley Cup championship for the first time to two cities, it's amazing. And it underpins how special a player Alex Petrangelo is. So the night belongs to Alex Petrangelo, his family, the celebration for Petrangelo before the game was top-notch. And we'll get into the X's and O's and all the hockey stuff at another date. But tonight, the night will always remain for Alex Petrangelo. That's going to do it for me here on the extended post-game show. Thanks to Vanessa Alejos, making sure everything sounds great. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post-game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Saturday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.